Okay, today what are we going to talk about? Let's talk about using your database, your contacts, to make lots of money if you do it right. That's what we're going to talk about on today's show, so stick around and let's get with it. You own a pest control company, and marketing and advertising ain't what it used to be. Just so you know, software and millennials are not the answer. This is the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. Our passion is to teach you online and digital marketing without all the techno babble. Oh, it still takes hard work, sales, and a sprinkle of tech, but we'll teach you how to do it in simple terms. Let's do this. Let's get on with the show. This is the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast, and this is your host, Casey Lewis. Well, good day, everybody. This is uh, Casey Lewis. This is the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. I'm your host today. And we're going to have a discussion today, and we're going to center it around kind of a boring topic, so it might, might, not, might not be too long. But as I've told you with regard to this podcast, what I really want to try to do is I want to try to uh, make the things that we talk about, not necessarily every single week, but most of the time, we want to make these things that you can think about and that you could try to put into play right now to start making some money. So when is right now? So right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about contacts, database, and how to utilize and set those things up so that you can make money with it. it you don't want, if you are, any longer to just let all your leads and all the things that you don't sell just go sit in a pile and accumulate dust and you do nothing with them. So what we'll be talking about today is how to dust those off and how to use those as an ongoing and growing opportunity for you to find occasional sales. And again, it doesn't have to be big money uh, or a lot of money. It's just consistently you're growing that pile. And every now and again, it turns into a new customer for you. But this is a good time to just talk in general. Hold on, I'm going to move this microphone a little bit. There, that's better. Okay. This is a good time to talk just in general about where you're at with your company as we close out the third quarter of the year. And you can usually tell it's that time because football's starting. We're we're going into week two. I'm feeling pretty good about things. I, if you don't know, I'm a 49er fan. And we came out smoking against Pittsburgh. And so if you're a Pittsburgh fan... I'm sorry about about that game, and Pickett will have a better day next time. But I felt really, really good about it. But that's your sort of indicator. Okay, we're rolling down Q3. We're going to be going into um, Q4, October, November, December, and that's generally when things start slowing down in most parts of the company, country, not everywhere, but but most of them most of the states, most of the regions. And it's a really good time to take advantage of that time to get yourself organized and ready as you roll out of Q4 and into Q1 and beyond that you're ready to go take next year by the horns and make it the biggest, best growth year you've ever had. And I hope that's the frame of mind you're in. So anyway, let's let's talk a little bit about this. But I want... And I've been, um, let's see here, let me get, I've got a couple slides up like usual and I want to, I want to get one up here so it will remind me what I wanted to say to you. So what we're going to talk about today with contacts and database, again, it's a little dry and it's a little boring, but I, I think again, as I say all the time about individual things, when they all come together, it's 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 a beautiful synergy. But contacts and database and your ability to manage these things is critical 
to consistent growth. And it's not everybody's bag, okay? Database, you know, spreadsheets, fields of information, API integration, mapping out contact, all, all this stuff. If it's not your bag, find somebody who likes to do it that will get it done. Okay, and there's a, a book I read not too long ago, and I, I forget exactly how the guy put it. But basically what he was saying, and, I, and I've taken it to heart in my own organization, is the things you don't like to do, somebody enjoys doing. Somebody does it for a hobby or for fun. So in this arena, we're talking about database management, contacts, tags, properties, fields of information. If that's not your bag, don't not do these things. By all means, find somebody that will do it for you. Even if you have to go on Fiverr or go to the local college um, bulletin board or something like that, you can find someone to do this stuff relatively inexpensively and it could be a gold mine. All right, so... As we move into this discussion and into the end of the third quarter and getting set up for next year and and looking at what we want to do, here's, here's what I would like you to do for yourself. So if we ever come up on the phone and talk or meet, that you'll know these things. And that is today, right now, as we sit here and speak, do you know how many customers that you have? How many are on the books? How many up to this point in 2023 are paying you monies? Whether it's a one-shot, whether it's recurring, whether it's a spot program for mosquitoes, whatever it is, do you know? If you don't, please go find out because if we're going to grow that number, we have to know what the number is to start with, right? Then the next step in that is, are you able to break those down into categories? So if we had recurring revenue, if we have one shots, if we have commercial, if we have residential, if we have those that we provide mosquito care for, if we have those that we do, let's just say we do solar panel uh, protection and treatment uh, for you know, pigeon proofing and things along those lines. Maybe we do an annual uh, termite uh, warranty topic inspection. So point being, and this is the way I will often explain it when we start onboarding a brand new client, is you want to think about it if you could go take every record you have on every customer you have, and then you could take those and have them in paper files and go into an office with a big table and organize those into piles. So one pile might be, here's all my general pest control recurring monthly customers. And when I say recurring monthly, that could be bi-monthly, quarterly. Uh, It's not relevant. What it means is they're on an annual contract. We have a good relationship with them and hopefully we'll retain them for years to come. And then I have another pile, and it's the one-shots we did for this year. And I have another pile, and it's the rodent exclusion jobs that we did. I have another pile. It's the wasp and bees' nests, um, stinging insect-type jobs that we did. Uh, another is our mosquito care, et cetera, et cetera. So I can break this all down, and now I have these piles. And why are those piles valuable? Well, if you have a good marketing company or a good marketing brain, or even if you just have a simple email software program, what we want to be able to do are little things. So let me give you an example. This year, and I think it may have been because we had such a wet season uh, in January, February, and even into March in some places, that mosquitoes were a problem this year. And so We started running for most of our customers that live and work in a mosquito area where mosquitoes are a problem. Um, Around mid-February into March, 
sending email and text message information to customers saying, look, if you don't want to have a big problem in July when it comes time to have picnics and birthday parties and everything else out in your backyard, then you better start treating for mosquitoes now before they get to the point to where they are reproducing all around your neighborhood. And we have a few customers that use like, say, for example, IntuCare. And so what we're doing is we're promoting, hey, we'll come out and we'll get these cans set up and that is going to get that whatever the material is all over your yard in the water sources and we're going to eliminate them at the larva stage and you're not going to have a mosquito problem in the summer. That's just a simple example. But to do that, you have to know which of our clients are likely to participate in that, which of them don't have it, which of them do have it, and we want them to renew their six-month treatment program that we add on to their general pest control program. So you, you understand that we're creating piles, and those piles have customers in them that have some things, don't have some things, all the way down to just someone we talk to. We don't even know who they are anymore, and they're just on our newsletter list. So that's a contact database. And if you have or are using one of the many software products out there, you know, we got Pest Pack and Field Routes and Gorilla Desk and Brio Stack and all of this stuff. And I don't know. The way it's looking now, they may all end up under one roof with Service Tight. And I, I can't keep up with who's merging with who. All I know is when we talk this discussion, data and contacts, it's becoming a nightmare for a lot of the pest control operators that are having to go through this as they merge, you know, everything. They're merging marketing companies, they're merging, you know, answering service companies, everything in, into one room. So, so that's, again, that's just an introduction that we need you and we will work with you and help you to be able to organize all of your contacts uh, into segments. Now, let's, let me move here on my little list of handy dandy slides. And let me, if, if you've listened to this at all, and the reason we call it the Marketing Domination Podcast, is what we want to do, working together with you and your team, is to promote you and help you to become the dominant pest control company in the market area you want to serve. So whether it's a small community, a large regional uh, area, uh, we again, we have clients all over the map. We have clients that are one-man shows that are in a, just a small market in a small area. And we have large organizations that are multi-state regional operations. And all of the things that we talk about are applicable across the board. So you can be small, medium, or large. And that really literally is how we build, small, medium, and large. And the things that we do don't change a lot. It's just how much we do because a larger organization with several locations and so forth, it's just a matter of more labor to get everything done that needs to be done. But most of what needs to be done is the same thing, if, if, if that makes sense. You know, it's funny. I listen to myself on these podcasts sometimes, and it's, I cringe because it's weird to listen to yourself. But I notice that I say all the time, if that makes sense. And that comes from my old sales training way back once upon a time where when you would be working with someone face-to-face -face and you're selling them something and you're explaining details, you want to get their confirmation all the time that they're with you, they're following, that they don't have any questions because it doesn't do you any good to go through an explanation of something when people don't have any idea what the heck you're talking about. So that's why I always say, does that make sense? It's because I'm thinking somehow you're going to be able to communicate back to me through the podcast and say, yeah, yeah, I got it. That sounds good. Anyway. So part of our marketing domination program, inside, in it, the nuts and bolts we call our accelerated growth model. And that's a, that's a common term. Lots of 
different marketing companies will call it that or something like that. But in your mind's eye, what I'd really like for you to do is I'd like you to picture a pie. And we're going to slice that pie into three equal portions. And each of those portions of that pie are a section of our accelerated growth model. And within each of those sections, there are things that you must do to help the success of the whole pie. That makes, oh, there we go again. That makes sense. That makes sense. Answer me. I can hear you. And those three sections we title as driving leads, maximizing conversions, and then optimizing your results. And that's what we're trying to do with you when we're working with you on our marketing domination plan or program. And in the area that I referred to as driving leads, which incidentally is generally speaking, one of the first areas we want to concentrate on, unless you happen to be lucky enough that you already have enough leads, you just don't know how to convert them. But <laughs> that's that's for another story. And if, again, if you've listened to me, you know my frustration around that. If you're converting leads at 10%, doesn't matter how many you get, your ROI is just never going to get there because you can't live by turning one lead out of 10 into a customer. So, but in our driving leads category or section or third of our pie, there are three areas we concentrate. Organic SEO, uh, I mean, and that's for another podcast, paid search, paid advertising. And then there's also um, your database, your contact database, which is the point of today's discussion, which I want to which I want to focus in on. So what we're looking at in terms of a model, in terms of an accelerated growth model, is that your database oftentimes is a hidden and lost source of driving leads. Uh, It's just sort of ignored, or if you're doing anything with it, it's not enough. And let me give you an example. This is a classic example. So one of our partners is a pest control company out in Central California. And when we first got on board, and it's been a while back, we've been working with them about nine or 10 years. So when we first got on board, they were still doing yellow page ads, big double truck ads, paying 10000 a month and all this kind of stuff. So you can imagine. So as we come in and we start to put the infrastructure in play so that we can start to automate some of these things, One of the first things that we did, of course, was go to their database, try to get a download. And, of course, they're using software from the 1960s. It's on an old server back in the back corner, and they can't download anything. And it's an older Chinese gentleman that doesn't speak English that sold it to him. And he is trying to sell, you know, charge them a thousand bucks to just get a, a report. Anyway, make a long story short, what ends up happening out of that now is that one, they have about 5,000 monthly recurring customers, which is, a, which is a good thing. They're mailing all of them an invoice monthly. Now, I, I don't need to, if you've been around it, you know, this pest control space very long, and you know what it costs to send out 5,000 individual emails. I mean, excuse me, individual mail, U.S. mail invoices. So one of the first things that we decided was, we, obviously, we got to get some software in here. There, you don't have any organized billing or routing or anything. And we need to get as many of our clients paying their bill, their recurring bill online. So as we go into trying to get organized, we find out that out of, and they've got at this point, regardless of the number of actual customers, they've got about a database of almost about 20,000 people. <coughs> Sorry about that. So you got a list of 20,000 people, and you know how many emails they've got? 
they've got 600. And the owner is an old dog, and his idea was, well, we'll just send them all a letter, and we'll tell them to give us their emails. Call us and give us their emails. I said, Calvin, number one, do you have any idea what it's going to cost us to send 18,000 letters? And out of that, what kind of a response would you uh, consider that we're going to get of those people? No, no, no. That's just not going to work. And he kind of quickly understood. It was going to probably cost us. I told him we went through a couple of mailers to try to get people to respond to us. Cost us probably about 30000 So I told him, look, <clears throat> let's just do this. Uh, we are in a college town. Let's just find a college kid that wants to work part-time. We can pay him $12, $13 an hour. And we'll have him sit here and spend a month or two and do nothing but call our database and introduce him or herself and explain to them we're updating our database. I just want to make sure I've got the most current email on file and just go through this thing and get these emails, which is what we did do. Now, so why did I tell you that story? So that story is about if any of you have heard this statement before, I'm going to try to explain to you how important it really is. Garbage in, garbage out. What does that really mean? Well, one of the things that happens to us all the time is we will come across a company and we'll go to look at their data and we will find out that nobody's really trained anybody and the people up front that are initiating this data or inputting the new customer or client or lead or whatever it is, they don't understand what fields that we have. So say, for example, they have a field for a salutation or they have a field for, you know, a second email or a second phone number or whatever. People don't understand what specifically is that field for and what piece of information should I put in there. So they feel free to just put whatever they want in these different fields. And once that starts and goes on unnoticed for, say, months or years, your entire database can be corrupt. And what I mean corrupt is it's there, and you may have a first name and an email, but the rest of it, if you try to sort it out and use it, like we talked about in the very beginning in the piles, so my recurring commercial, my recurring residential, my mosquitoes, my leads that are not customers, my pile of people that quit on us last year that we want to try to win back, all this, okay? If the data is not going in correctly in the beginning and you don't know and everybody in your organization hasn't been trained on what field goes where and when you get a mystery field so you don't know what to do, you've got a piece of information and you don't know where it goes in our database, you don't just stick it wherever you feel like. You don't just, you know, put it in the second address field and say, oh, well, I can just type it in there. And that's because it will, it will create mayhem for your marketing company when they try to organize this. Then you add in, and I'm a conspiracy guy, sorry. But then you add in the fact that I am dead sure that all these software companies make it damn near impossible for the local pest control owners or office managers to just simply download a simple report to get this information so they could literally sit down with a pencil or a pen and go through it and clean it all up. They, I, I don't think they want you to have access to it because they want to kind of trap all that information in there. So you have to use their service or buy add-on services uh, and not use it anywhere else. So... <laughs> I uh, I drift a little bit. I'm sorry about that. But your database. Now, if you're early in your in your pest control company or in your setting up a software program or in your getting and using automations for emails and text messaging, first things first, let's talk about just a few fields of information you've just got to know. 
on every name in there. And that's their first name and their last name. And it's always helpful to have that separated. If you don't, it's not that hard to do it in Excel or another uh, software uh, application. But that's best. First name, last name. Email, mobile phone number. At the very least, if you have those four pieces of data on everybody in your database, everyone you talk to on the phone, everybody you meet out in the field, everywhere you go, we're gathering up that information and we're getting it put in somewhere. And it can be as simple as a spreadsheet all the way up to the fanciest software that you may have. Well, we want that. Then, and I'll call them tags, and there's all kinds of things you can call different fields, but let's call tags. And what you should have in your own company, in your own organization, is your own sort of coding that you're using. And I would caution you on always just going with the software right out of the box and doing whatever they have in there. Because oftentimes what you'll find when it's too late, after you've been doing it that way for two years and you sit down to figure out your own database, that, you know, we would have been better off to name it this or break it down that way. So we have our basic sort of four first name, last name, email, and phone number for text messages and SMS messaging. Then what's next? Well, what's next is what kind of a customer are they? Normally, we'll just break them down residential and commercial. Sometimes with some companies, we'll have residential, we'll have commercial, and depending on how they're set up, there might be a separate division for termites. Um, you may even have a separate division for other services if you do any warranty work or, or that kind of thing. But we want to have our first major category, generally speaking, commercial, residential. Then, and, and we can call that a tag. So some you just select, commercial. Then it becomes, are they recurring or one shot? That can be a tag as well. And then it becomes, um, when you're looking at it, what is the target pest or the service we could have? So, for example, we will very often and encourage our pest control companies to have three levels of service. So, A, B, and C, or, you know, basic pro expert or bronze, silver, gold, whatever you want to call it, but we have our small, medium, and large program. And why do we have that? We have that specifically because if we really were looking at it right, we would want everybody to be in the largest, uh, best revenue generating program we have. And if we don't know what they have now, or we're just random and all over the map, it's hard to sell them more when we don't even really know, or we only have one pest control program we don't have any options to do add-ons where our platinum program maybe contains rodent baiting and trapping. Maybe it contains summer mosquito treatments, whatever it is. And it's just, uh, again, more, more available revenue for you. So we do, we do things like that. And this is just getting back to, and if I'm you, I'm sitting there with a pad of paper or some sticky notes and I'm in my office and I'm going, okay, what are the piles of accounts that I really want to be able to look at and manage my way through so I can do things? So I can offer up, I can have a win back program. So if people cancel our service. What do we want to do to try to get them back? Nothing. Do we call them? Do we send them flowers? Do we do, we should do whatever we can because losing a customer is really, really bad. And before you jump on, oh, well, these customers are jerks, they want too much, yeah, yeah, there is that. But don't, don't kid yourself. When you go back to the beginning and you look at what, do we, what it costs initially to go get a customer that in the beginning is only going to generate us about $500, 
but we're hoping they'll be around for years to come. So it's a recurring 500 year in and year out. And we're just building on top of that. Every time you lose one, you go one step backwards. We got to go replace that one to get back to where we were. So losing customers is, is a huge, um, a huge loss. And when we're doing, and I talked a little bit about this last week, when we are doing uh, forecasting and goal setting, and we're looking at what do you want to do next year, one of the issues that we have is if you want to do 20%, let's just say, again, I'm just picking a number out of the sky, 10, 20, 30, 50, 100, whatever percent growth you want, at one some point or another, it's going to break down into these categories that we're creating for our contact database list. You know, how many do we want in residential, commercial? How many more do we want to grow in our summer mosquito programs? Whatever. But we, we, you know, we are going to need at some point in time to determine before we even start our growth uh, objective, how many do we have to cover that we lost? Extremely important. Extremely important. Uh, so uh, let me let me try to get into um, my contact database information because I really want to make sure that that I've that I've shared this with you in a way that you can walk away from this and understand. Well, what in the hell did he just say? So first, let's just start with if you have no real organized database or you're not sure what it looks like, you need to get it downloaded or get it started and look at it on a, on a spreadsheet so you can break down all of the various pieces of information you have in your database to figure out how could you sort it out and how could you organize it in a way that it's useful. And this is where I was getting back to, uh, this happens to us all the time. We get working with an organization, we want to download a report, they don't know how to do it, the software company is not very helpful or they want to charge a bunch of money to do it. They want to do it for you. They don't want to show you how you can set up a recurring report so you can download. Why do you want that? Because until you really look at a spreadsheet and you look at all the columns of information and you eliminate the ones you're really not that concerned with, can you really drill it down to this five to 10 fields of information that are really going to be useful for you? So that, that's an important element. As always, we're here to help you talk about it. We deal with this quite often as people are making uh, migrations from one software to another or going to a software for the first time and they've got to go through this process. And it's not fun when you have to just deal with the software companies and their technical team. Uh, you want to know this and have your own plan in place first that says, this is how I want my data organized. This is how I want access to it. If I'm going to set up an integration with one uh, software program with another, I want to map out the categories so that they go to the categories I want. And uh, an API integration, if you ever have heard of that, is really nothing more than two software databases that are being connected and you've got to map out one way or the other what each field or what piece of information what it means to the other one because they may it may be the same piece of information but each software program labels it a little bit differently so you essentially have to tell the software what each one means as the data is going back and forth but you want to understand that. And it, I think this is, again, one of those things where, and I'm not down on software. I'm really not. I just get flustered with it because uh, I go back to a day before there was software. And I think that software is a great help in business, but not when it takes away the business's ability to think through what they wanted to do before they brought the software in. So the idea there is that are you a slave to the software or is the software slave to you? You want software that does what you tell it to do 
You don't want software that tells you what to do. That's, and that's one of those, again, where I come back, does that make sense? Does that make, yeah, it needs to make sense. Otherwise, Sally that's sitting up there on the front desk is throwing data into your database all over the place. And at the end of the day, when you go to use it, you can't use it. All right. Then we talk about a CRM. CRM is an acronym, stands for Customer Relationship Management. It kind of started with Salesforce was the first one. But what it means is, and and I'll throw this out there for you to think about in this way. Your data, there's really two piles of data. New customers that go over here that we're going to manage. So we're going to send them a, a notification when their next appointment is. We might send them a thank you and welcome aboard. We might put them on a customer newsletter that has information, promotions, and things that are more relevant to customers than non-customers. And then we may have another list. And these, this is an area where we talk about contacts and database and using it to drive leads and make money. This is where everybody falls apart. We have this other pile. And this pile is just kind of sitting there. And they called us and we didn't do anything with it. We may or may not have all the pieces of information we want. But a CRM or a customer relationship manager, and again, everybody's jumped into it and has their own version of it. I may do a review on CRMs, their features and functions soon because I get called by these software companies all the time and I'm just not real, real help with them. I, uh, and I'll tell them that, you know, I'm an old dog. I'm not a 20 year old. I don't get thrilled and excited over every new version of software that comes out. But what we want to be able to do more importantly than anything, whatever software we use is we want to utilize it to do a single thing here. And that's a drive new leads, get new customers and a CRM. What it will do it will help people manage through tasks. So sometimes you can automate tasks. You can automate uh, reminders. You can put in there uh, collateral materials that describe for customers why our mosquito plan is so great and how it works and the whole evolution of a mosquito from larva in a water uh, source all the way through, you know, spreading Zika virus, etc. So, when, when we talk CRM, what we're really talking about is a, a product that we will use to organize our follow-up and our sales process. And we want to have that, but it is another one of those things you have to commit to. You have to actually do follow-up. We have to train people and everybody kind of needs to know what our, what our steps are. We should have our own little infographic we put on our desk that shows what do we do when we get a, a lead that calls us, we don't sell them anything, we have their email, we have their text message, what do we do? Do we do nothing? Do we just let it clutter up our database? Or do we put them into a sequence of events that happen every time that is all automated that will get back to them and say, we'd love to have you as a customer. And then after several um, opportunities, if they don't become a customer, we move them into what we refer to as a back burner, which then will give them a newsletter or some information from time to time that's helpful and useful, not solicitous, but it's done in a way that they won't um, opt out. They don't mind getting it. It's helpful. And at the point in time when they decide they've got a need for pest control services, any of the services we offer, we're Johnny on the spot. We're going to get the call. And then when we get next, pest control software. Hmm. I don't really know. I am debating how far I want to go with talking about pest control software. I mean, all the maybe big five or six. And the reason for that is... And if, all you got to do is go look at some of the Facebook groups. People are weird, man. They get like, if they buy one of the software products, they then become like 
part of that software's click and they want to defend it come hell or high water because that's what they did. And I guess it makes them feel dumb if they bought the wrong one and it's such a nightmare to move to another one. But I'm going to talk a little bit about pest control software and here's what I'm going to say. Once again, software is a great thing if you're using the software to accomplish what you want. If you need the software to help you get efficient organized routes, for example, that's great and you absolutely need to do that because nothing's worse than wasted windshield time when you're trying to grow your business. The more efficient you can be with a route, the more service calls, good, solid service calls that a technician can make in a day by being in a relatively close area, that's great. Billing. I just sat here and talked to you a minute ago about a very good friend and client of ours now who was sending out when we started, I think, again, I think it was five or 6,000 invoices every month that was killing them. The labor to have just the two girls every day or every month for two or three days dedicated to getting them all printed out, getting them all stuffed all the time on the printer, you know, labels and, and, and stamps and everything. It was just, it was just stupid. So, Absolutely, using software for billing and getting an automated online billing system in place for recurring revenue is absolutely a must-have in today's day and age so that that can just happen in the background where you're growing your business and you're adding in technicians and routes and scaling, as they say. So, I'm not down on software. Where I'm down on software is this. And again, I want you to understand and go easy on me. Remember who I am. I'm an older guy that comes from a time before there was software, for example, before there was the internet, before there was Google, before there was cell phones, all this stuff. So I have a lot of background in that area. And these, these new youngsters that come in, that are, you know, 23 years old, they've learned their software, they're good at it, they can present it and do a demo very, very nicely, but they don't know shit about running a pest control business. Sorry about that. Hope your kids weren't listening. But they really don't understand the day-to-day grind, the cash flow that comes into play month in and month out, the... uh, the degree of difficulty there's going to be in training a staff of people to use the software to them, everything's just great and sign here and it's 300 bucks a month. And every time you want to add something, it's another 10, it's another five, it's another this. And that's great. That's their job. I was a sales rep for many, many years as a young guy. So I get it and I'm not down on it. But what I am saying is for you, If you just think that you're going to buy some software and you're going to bring it into your business and your business is going to suddenly transform into something else, that is not going to happen. Let me say that again. That is not going to happen. And so that's where my uh, criticism is around software. We use software here. We pay thousands of dollars a month for software. But I'll be damned if I'm going to do what the software tells me to do when it comes out of the box. I'm going to make sure the software does what I want, or I'm going to replace it with one that will. And that's all I've really got to say about that. And then when we get down to continuing our discussion here a little bit, and now I'm going to really show right in front of me right now. Um, let me Let me tell you what it is. Because I buy these, these damn things are expensive. So it's 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 a little, it's I don't know how big this is. It's smaller than an eight and a half by eleven piece of paper. It's about I don't know nine by seven or something. And it's made by Cambridge, and it's a spiral bound notebook. And on every page already printed on there is a date, the topic, attendees, the meeting objective, a place for notes, and at the bottom action items. And I don't know where or why or how 
people just decided not to keep notes. I, I, I have to have notes and I write them down and then I put, when I fill up the whole notebook, I set it aside and I'll date it sort of the time range. And then I will use it all the time when I forget something or I'll go back to the notebook, I'll thumb through it. And what I do is at the very top of the page, I tie, I write in the client or the lead, the name of it. So when I'm flipping, I can get quickly. But my point though is, when we have people calling us all day, all the time, and I, I will tell you, you probably don't know how often this is going on in your own business unless you're sitting there watching. If you're sitting there watching, you don't have enough leads yet. But people will call your company, your office all the time, and people are busy, and they don't take the time to stop for a minute, even if I'm using a notebook. And ask for their name, their email, their phone number, and maybe put just a couple words there that says this is what this was about. Why? Because I promise you, this whole discussion about database contacts, what we're talking about here, software, you know, fields and properties, all of this. If all we did, if all that came out of this, and I challenge you today, is that every time somebody did that, they contacted us and we, for whatever reason, we didn't sign them up right then and there on that spot, that we got that information, we took that information, we fed it into, and I can show you how we do this, and we'll, uh, with many of our clients, we'll use Active Campaign for this. You can connect Active Campaign to a Google Docs spreadsheet. You can add in just those pieces of information, first name, last name, email, and phone number, and hit go, and it will automatically upload it into ActiveCampaign, and it will su submit them into, depending on the tag we use, into a sequence of emails and text messages that will go out and will say to these people, hey, um, I'm really glad you called us. I'm really glad you contacted us. Here's who we are. Here's what we do. Uh, call me anytime. As a matter of fact, if you call me, Right away, I'll give you a $25 off coupon. That kind of thing. So notepads. Don't laugh at me. I promise you, you start using a notepad and following up, just taking a half an hour at the end of every day to send these out, just like with reviews, right? Why we have such difficulty getting a grassroots review request uh plan in place with some of our clients, I don't understand it. But if you're any pest control company that's got a few customers, you could be asking for at least one or two re review requests every single day. We use BirdEye. It's really easy. It takes about 20 seconds. And you could run those reviews up in a hurry, and those make an enormous, enormous difference in your authority and, and trust with Google and your local market. So just a word to the wise. And for those of you and you know who you are, that you're just not doing anything at all. The only information you're getting are when you sell a customer and you kind of have to load them in. You're killing yourself. And where it's really going to become evident and more important to you is two years from now when you have no list of contacts. You can't even send a newsletter. And we have some clients like this, so it's killing us. They've got 100 people on their newsletter, and they're wondering why, well, gee, how come that's not doing better? What's well, going to 100 people? we got an open rate of 20%, which isn't bad. So 20 out of 100 even look at it. We have a click-through rate of a couple points. So, I mean, you do the math. By the end of the day, 100 people, you can't market to 100 people, folks. we got to get this up to 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. And that's my recommendation to you, and that's essentially what I want to say to you. I really want to say contacts are valuable. You can use them for win back opportunities. You can use them for seasonal promotions, an email newsletter for text messaging and Facebook messenger. We can promote your friend and your neighbor referral program. We can promote your uh, reviews and make sure you're getting those. All of these things are enormously uh, important to you in your overall growth and consistent
flow of new business month in and month out, week in and week out, day in and day out. You've got to do these things. So I'm going to recommend to you that you go think about this. So you go take some sticky notes. You sit down and you think, what, how many piles of people and prospects do I want to have? What am I going to call them? What am I going to name them? Then go see, go challenge and see, can I get a report out of my existing database so even come close to that? And I think what you'll find is it's really hard. And then go find out, is your data or is your uh, software coming? Are they even going to help you? So go get all those things addressed and let's go make some money. It's We're heading into Q4. It's time to plan for next year already, folks, believe it or not. And I'm going to start talking about that more and more as we get down to the end of this year. But I hope I've helped you think about data, contacts, fields of information, making sure it's getting introduced into your system correctly, having the ability to put out a report that contains the data you need the most, and then tying that all together into lead generating opportunities for you and your business. My name's Casey Lewis. As always, God bless to you out there. I really appreciate you listening, and I will talk to you on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. If you own a pest control company anywhere in the country, by using our services, we will help you grow and prosper. Casey has 30 years in marketing and advertising under his belt. He managed and oversaw a sales force of 4,000 inside and outside sales reps tasked to work with every pest control owner in the USA. Thanks for listening to the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Rhino Digital Media. Let us take your digital marketing to the next level. See you next time on the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast.